Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to lead millennials. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Chris Tuff on the mic. He's the national best-selling author of The Millennial Whisperer, which quickly became the number two best-selling book at Barnes & Noble. His dynamic approach to attracting and motivating the next generation in the workplace has had him featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Fox TV, Cheddar News, and more. So Fire Nation, we're going to be diving into flexible work-life integration, autonomy within structure, rewards and recognition, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Getting your sales copy and funnels just right can be difficult, but with ClickFunnels' new One Funnel Away Challenge, you can have everything up, running, and optimized in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel. When it comes to hiring, you can save time and get more qualified candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Chris, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. What's going on, Fire Nation? Uh, so fired up to be here, obviously. And uh, I would say... The one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is I'm actually an identical twin married to an identical twin. And, and how I got my start in kind of the, the world of digital media was I had one of the first viral videos um, when I filmed my engagement solely for our twins because they couldn't make it that day because I had the ring and it was burning a hole in my pocket. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm just going to film the whole thing. It was 2006. I put it on ChristopherTuff.com and I ended up getting 7 million views and we're, I ended up being on Good Morning America and we got the pinprick picture on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Things barreled out of control. But I'd say that's one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me. Well, I don't know. 7 million views. I'd say most people probably do know that about you. <laughs> it, was, it was long enough ago though and it was before my wife was also very sure. She was like, Chris, she was a professional soccer player all her life and she was starting to get more recognition for this engagement than she did for her professional soccer career. And she was like, Chris, can you just take that down and, and, <laughs> and, and let's just have a real life, a normal life again? Man, there's so many rabbit holes we could go down right now. I mean, I'm just picturing like a blind date between the two of you guys and you're just like, oh, tell me about yourself. And you're like, well, I'm an identical twin. She's like, I'm an identical twin. You're like, shut up. She's like, no, you shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, that's kind of how it unfolded. Oh, man. And did her sister play professional soccer as well? Yeah. So the Augustiniak twins, they played for the Atlanta Beat and then um, actually were in and out of the National League uh, around the Brandy Chastain era. Okay. So they must be fired up for this World Cup right now, huh? So fired up. But I think there's a little bit of uh, kind of jealousy that they're not out on the field with yeah. them. So. Um, I hear that. But like, I can just picture them being on the same team and like the other team being like, okay, I got this person. I got that. And they're like, keep confusing, like who they're supposed to be marking. You're like, you have to solely go by numbers on the jersey at that point. Totally. Totally. I, I think there was a little bit of that. Okay. No more rabbit holes, Fire Nation, I promise. Because we're talking today about how to lead millennials. And of course, we have brought the millennial whisperer himself, Chris Tuff on the mic. So Chris, talk to us. What is a millennial? Like, you know, we hear all of the different descriptions and definitions. So give us like the approximate age range, like the years sure. born, all that stuff. And then let's just dive right in. 
So I think it's easy to put it easier to put it in context. Millennials right now are 23 year olds to 37 year olds. And so it's those born between 1981 and 2006. So it's this huge range that a lot of people um, just kind of encapsulate into just the millennial bucket. And one of the things that I set out in my book, Out of the Gates, was I differentiate those two into two different buckets. Older millennials, which I call the Oregon Trail millennials, because when they were in high school, they were playing Oregon Trail yeah, to orient themselves. I was playing themselves. Oregon Trail and Number Munchers. That was my two right, games. Right, exactly. And then I have the younger millennials, which are a totally different group of individuals, which they were they were given an iPhone with a Snapchat account on it. <laughs> and so it's a good way of differentiating one of the core things that makes them different is when in their lives they adopted not only technology, but more specifically social media. And then the other thing that makes them older millennials and younger millennials very different is when the recession of 2008 either hit them or their parents. And what that's done is it's created, especially as we try to accommodate for them in small business or large corporations, two very different age groups that I think we tend to just throw into one bucket. One thing that I've really seen with millennials that's going to be kind of our first topic today is the desire for flexible work-life integration. I mean, a lot of people ask me, John, why don't you do video interviews? And I get there's a ton of benefits for the video interviews, the repurposing, all this jazz. And not to get like kind of too behind the scenes, Fire Nation, because like this might be TMI. You probably don't need to know this, but I love audio-only interviews for a very specific reason. Right now, I'm standing here in a palm tree tank top. I have on a pair of mesh shorts, and I have black compression socks pulled up to my kneecaps because I'll be standing all day doing these interviews on my anti-fatigue mat, which, by the way, if you do any standing and you don't have an anti-fatigue mat, you can get it on Amazon for 30 bucks. You're crazy town. And guess what? I love that. I love being in this attire, and I just don't feel the need to be having a talking head video. So that's me personally. I'm like, you know, I'm the oldest of the old of that millennial range that Chris just talked about. So I'm the Oregon Trail guy, faux show, but I still love this flexible work-life integration. Chris, talk to us about this. What is the deal with that when it comes to millennials? One of my favorite quotes after writing the book is this idea that millennials aren't the problem. They just expose all the problems. And for whatever reason, we as leaders tend to not accommodate for all of the changes that have happened in our lives. I mean, and the biggest one being technology and mobile phones. And so you look at what millennials statistically are looking for from their employers. Number two or number three constantly on all of the surveys is flexible work environment. And so you know, one of the big pieces that I emphasize and I have within my teams and is very successful is you work from where you want to work, right? And we're not going to try to, you know, uh, figure out where you are at all times. Like if you need to get in the flow, we all get into flow spaces in different places. A lot of our work environments and our open work environments and we're in a flow state, we don't really want to be there. So if you need to work from home, work from home. Um, you know, the other piece is, is that we expect as leaders our workers to be responding to our emails at all times of the day. And so there's no real balance in terms of the nine to five. But yet the traditionalists in a lot of us are like, oh, well, they have to be in their seats at nine. 
and leave at five. You know, it's the it's like the Flintstone effect, right? You're like, yabba dabba do, we're done. <laughs> and that's no longer the case. And so, you know, it's time for us to adapt our corporations and work environments to be better accommodating to that. And yet you 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 bring up a I call it once you you can't untaste this freedom. I can't. Right. And I can't untaste mine. I'm right now I'm in my uh, just little kind of work environment or uh, whatever you study at my house. And um, that's that's what I'm going to be here for the next two hours doing work. And that's OK. We've got to be more accommodating to that. And we're doing work, Fire Nation. Like, you think I'd be as productive if I had to commute an hour, you know, and even wake up an hour earlier so I could, like, dress and shave and, like, put on a suit and tie like I used to do back in corporate America when I was working for John Hancock? No, man, I'm not nearly as productive over the course of, like, you know, the the time from wake up until when I go to bed. I'm not nearly as productive back then as I am now because, man, I have my environment just streamlined for batching perfection, for productivity perfection, and I know how to make that happen. And I love this phrase that Chris uses. I want to just make sure that I repeat it for you, Fire Nation. Millennials aren't the problem. They expose all the problems. So just think about that next time, Fire Nation. You're complaining about some millennial here and there. And one thing I just want to say before we move on to the next topic is the rise of Zoom. Now, what's Zoom, Fire Nation? Zoom is this incredible video teleconferencing service that actually recently IPO'd. And they IPO'd, and that's basically all they do is just video teleconference. They are replacing people having to go into work for that absolutely pointless 45-minute meeting. Now they can just zoom in. They're there. People are live. Their faces are there. They can interact and engage. Super simple. Zoom has made it next level simple. They IPO'd, and guess what? They're profitable, Fire Nation. And that shows you where we are trending. So get on the trend. So guess what? Uber, Lyft, Amazon, they're not profitable, but a company that's promoting this kind of flexible work-life integration is profitable. So think about the trends. I mean, and I use that as an example in, in the book. You can develop connection with these tools like Zoom. And I, in the book, I, I talk about this guy, Adam. I was going to see him. He had just opened the Snapchat office in New York. I knew him for years from the early days of Facebook and I brought a coworker up with me and we we're checking out their cool killer space, exactly kind of what you'd expect out of a Snapchat. And uh, I gave him a big hug and I started talking to him about his new daughter who's seven months old. And my coworker, after we were going on this rant together and catching up, was like, how long have you guys known each other? I was like, Adam, how long have we known? Adam, we've never met in person. All of our relationship has been built via you know, video chat and a closed Facebook group. And I use that as an example of you can build connection with these tools that are available to us. It's just a matter of making it a part of your day-to-day life. I love it. I mean, I've had so many of these one-on-one 30, 45-minute chats and interviews with people, never met them in person, actually never seen their face before a lot of times because I'm just hearing their voice. And then Chris and I will bump into each other at a conference and we'll be like, dude, high five. And we'll feel like we know each other because we've had a real one-on-one legitimate conversation before. Sometimes that's all it takes, Fire Nation, to start building that relationship. Now, Chris, one thing that I'm a big fan of, and I think millennials are really trending toward this as well, is autonomy within structure. What does that mean and how does that apply to millennials? So it's funny. People will ask me, what does that mean exactly, Chris? And I, I, I go into a story about myself and I'll tell a lot of people deep down, even though I'm born in 1980, 
I understand millennials because I'm kind of, I'm deep down, I'm more of a millennial, quote unquote, than most millennials. And I go to a story of my wife and I were just leaving our CEO's house for a dinner. And uh, it was about, you know, so this was six years ago. So I was four years into, I've been at my agency for, for 10 years now. And my wife turned to me, knowing me very well, uh, said, Chris, how have you stayed at one company for so long? And I turned to her, like, I mean, then she, I'm almost an impressed because I'm very ADD. You know, I'm always kind of looking for that ne- next entrepreneurial thing. And I turned to her and I said, you know what? They've given me a long enough, uh, long enough leash to be entrepreneurial and allow me to create my own things, but enough structure that I'm always becoming a better leader. And I thought that was a good way to kind of describe of what I'm trying to um influence with this idea of autonomy within structure. But, you know, part of that, they hate being micromanaged. Like there's nothing worse than someone micromanaging a millennial or even especially Gen Z as well. So what are those things that we can put into place within our work environment that allows them? And, and, you know, part of that is pushing down that control instead of us saying who's a good fit and who's not a bad and who's a bad fit, even culturally. And so I bring up a concept that was uh, introduced to me by a guy, Ben Kirshner, who was called out by Forbes as the number one boss for millennials. And we started talking about this idea of autonomy within structure. And he goes, have you ever heard the term protect this house? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I think so. He's like, yeah, well, so Under Armour introduced this thing. And I tell my team it every single day where it's we've created something special. We have a culture unlike anyone else's. And so it's up to you all to protect this house. And so what I do is I push down that control when someone's a bad culture fit or with our unlimited paid vacation, when someone's covering for one person, that expectation is when they come back, the same is paid in return. And so it's this almost, it's that's what I mean by this autonomy within structure. There's a way that we could introduce tactics into our workplace to where you can give a little bit more of that control. And not only that, it's a lot more effective. So those are, I, I think that's an important play, especially as you look at, at, at this millennial set in terms of their expectations. Because we finally have a generation, if you don't introduce, introduce these things, they're willing to walk without another job. So that's the other side of it. They're willing to walk without another job because guess what, Fire Nation, there's so many people out there, millennials who have seen it. They've seen the guests on this show who have just been able to create empires by being influencers, by being authority figures, by just being an expert in a micro niche. And so they're like, you know what? The only way to make money is not just by working for a big corporation or a company. I can actually make money on my own. And if push comes to shove, I might just go ahead and do that and walk out that door. So there's a lot of opportunity for millennials these days that didn't exist for prior generations. And speaking of prior generations, and you know, again, I kind of have my feet in both sides of this because you know, I was in the military for eight years during the early 2000s. I was at corporate finance with John Hancock in the late 2000s. Like I've kind of been on this transition with a kind of a foot in both ponds here. And the rewards and the recognition, like those things 
are very different from past generations than they are in the current generation with the millennials. Because back in the day, it was like, you put in your time, you got promoted, you got rewarded, you got a Rolex watch at your retirement party, and you went home and said, okay, I've either got a pension, which unfortunately may have disappeared in recent times, or I've got this or that, as I'm kind of drifting off into the sunset. No more. That's not the focus. That's not the only carrot and stick that millennials are after. Talk about that, Chris. People, you know, these leaders will come to me, these CEOs that are, you know, boomers and Xers, and they're like, Chris, what's what's some of the biggest pieces of advice that you have? And one of my first ones, go tos, is when your head hits the pillow at the end of the day, and if you're not utterly exhausted from rewarding and recognizing your people, you haven't done it enough. And then so let's talk about why that is. Well, here you have a generation that mostly grew up with helicopter parents. The idea of a participation trophy was a reality for this generation. And so that coupled with especially the kind of middle and younger millennials, they grew up with Snapchat around them at all times. So anytime they wanted validation, they could post a post to Instagram and get the 150 hearts. And if they didn't get it, they'd take it down. Let's be honest. (laughs) And, you know, here you now have them ending up on your front doorstep and they're looking to you as a leader. They need that rewards and recognition built in. And, you know, one of the stories I use in the book is the more extreme one. And it's the uh, Blue Rooster story, which is a company out in San Francisco. They don't give away a bunch of stock options. You don't have to give away your company in order to make people feel a part of something and to feel recognized. What Domo does is on your first day, you put your name and then you put your at bat song. So your favorite song that you want to come over the loudspeakers if you were to go up to bat. And then um, you uh, go and sit in your seat. And on the first day of every month, over the loudspeakers, the salesperson of the month at bat song is blared. Blue sirens go off and then they carry a 10-foot blue rooster to that person's desk where it sits for the full month. And you know what? People are clamoring to have that blue rooster sit next to their desk. And so, you know, I think that's one extreme example. A more tactical thing that I introduced to my team is instead of in our statuses having everyone fill out some boring Excel status sheet and go through, oh, this is what I'm working on. Instead, we turn it around and we do peer-to-peer recognition to where I call it snaps, where I'll say, Meg, I just want to give you snaps. And I kick off the meetings this way. Snaps to Meg. Uh, She killed it on that presentation to the Home Depot. She pushed herself out of her comfort zone and she was able to deliver one of the best speeches I've ever seen her do. And then we give snaps. And that goes on for 20 minutes where everyone's kind of recognizing each other. And so it's with these types of pieces that we have got to have them built into the foundations of our companies. Otherwise, people will start relying on the things we don't want them to. Like you hear time and time again that, hey, do your millennials need to be promoted every five months? And it's like, well, no, because I've got these other things that are baked in to where they're getting the validation that they need. Or I'll get questions uh, like, Uh, even just turnover. You know, I I hear people with a turnover rate where they're like, we can't even get these guys to make it a year. And it's like, let's break it down. And one of the big missing pieces oftentimes is this rewards and recognition. 
Fire Nation evolving. We are going through this evolution of change. You're either going to get on the train or you're going to get left behind. I mean, this is the thing we have to realize is that things are going to change. To stagnate is to die in every way, shape, and form. I love those examples that Chris gave. And I hope that just kind of sparks a couple ideas, maybe even just one idea of you trying to implement something in your company, in your business, with somebody that you work with or who works for you. I mean, just think about the opportunities here at Fire Nation. You don't have to completely mimic or copy what he's giving as examples, but maybe there's going to be something that works for you along these lines that's really going to move the needle because the rewards and recognition are aligned with the goals, the desires, the dreams, the hopes of that millennial. So Fire Nation, we're going to be talking about transparency and connection. We're going to be talking about the 70-30 rule and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Being an entrepreneur is like having multiple jobs at once. That's why it's important to leverage tools that do things efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, that tool is Zip Recruiter. But don't take my word for it. Meet Dylan, owner of Cafe Altura. Dylan needed a director of coffee, someone who could buy coffee beans, roast them, and taste them for quality control. This combination of skills made finding the right person challenging, and the job boards he was using delivered tons of unqualified applicants, making the process time-consuming. That changed when he switched to ZipRecruiter. Their candidate rating feature gave Dylan more control. He was able to review applications and quickly hone in on the most relevant candidates. Using ZipRecruiter, Dylan found his new director of coffee in a little over a week. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Fire. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Online funnels can be intimidating. They require setup and technical aspects you might not be familiar with. But what if I told you that you can build an online funnel from scratch and get it live in just 30 days? With the One Funnel Away Challenge from ClickFunnels, you really are just 30 days away from getting your funnel live. Here's how it works. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge at eofire.com slash funnel. Every day you'll receive a mission to complete, each mission being a step in the process of creating, building, and launching your funnel. Get ready to rock your funnel with a trifecta training approach, daily training, live coaching, and accountability from day one through day 30. Complete the task given to you every day for 30 days, and by the end of the 30 days, you should have a funnel that is live and ready to generate leads and sales. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel and get daily training, live coaching, and accountability from day one through day 30. That's eofire.com slash funnel. So Chris, we're back and transparency, connection, I mean, these are two things that millennials value to a very high degree that frankly, they really may not have if they had been born 20, 40, 60 years prior, the earlier generations. Talk about these two words. Why are they important? I think one of the biggest things, and, and actually kind of my own personal platform, is around how do we bring more empathy and more connection into our lives, whether it be with my daughters, my wife, my friends, or within our corporations. And that's essentially what actually instigated this book. And I think one of the biggest missing pieces is real connection. And for so many years, we've been brought up with bureaucracy and layers. And we've been told that, for example, you, can ne- you can't be friends with the people that 
are on your team that work beneath you. And we got to throw all that out the window. And you know what I tell people on their first day that they need to do when they either oversee a new team or someone joins it is you follow them on social media. And, you know, they're like, what? No way. Like, I'm I'm not going to follow my people. Isn't that creepy? I'm like, well, if it seems creepy, then you might want to work on that relationship because it shouldn't seem creepy. And, uh, you know, and, and the reason I use that is when you come in on a Monday and you can see the five different people on your team's activities, whether it be a habitat build or the new puppy that someone might have adopted, you can actually hit the ground running and say, uh, Joseph, dude, your puppy is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Where did you <laughs> find him? You know, without all that in-between stuff. And what that does is that it creates a real connection and relationship. You know, the other piece of it is, and I use Mike Hibison as my example, who's a senior executive at the Home Depot. He opens up his one-on-ones with all of his people and he gives them one of two options. You can either talk about work stuff or life stuff. And 80% of the time they talk about life stuff. And is that a bad investment of time? Absolutely not because the ROI will follow once you have a real connection in place with your employees. So that's the connection side. You know, the transparency side, transparency is often misinterpreted by senior executives or entrepreneurs that they either have to disclose all of their financials. And I know entrepreneurs out there, that would not be the right approach. So you don't have to do that. Or that it means on the other side of the spectrum that they have to cry in front of their people. And no, you don't have to cry in front of your people. Instead, what they mean by transparency is they just want context. So when you make a mistake, and we all do as entrepreneurs, when you make a mistake, Go ahead and use that as an example of what you did wrong and then how you guys are all going to learn from it. If you go after a big piece of business that you don't win, tell them why it was that you didn't win. Tell them what their efforts, how their efforts contributed them to actually taking you to the next level with that pitch that you might have lost. And so with transparency, all it means is that you as a leader need to be able to create this picture for your people as to why you're doing the things you're doing. So, you know, it's funny, a lot of these things is like, it's kind of common sense, but it's now time to introduce them into our corporations and companies. Common sense isn't always common practice, Fire Nation. These are the type of things that if you apply to your business, you are going to be on that cutting edge. You're going to be treating people the way they want to be treated. You're going to be incentivizing people the way they want to be incentivized. And you're going to be running a business that's exciting for every single person within. Now, Chris, one thing that you have is a 70-30 rule and that grass is always greener complex. Kind of break those things down for Fire Nation, how this kind of applies to millennials in that workplace environment. I think we can all attest to this, regardless of where we are in our generation, But I know for me, I call it the Pinterest station of our generation where everything (laughs) has to be this ridiculously perfect thing. And I go back to this example of it's like I think it was my daughter's fourth birthday. We were exhausted. You know, we had we have a younger uh, daughter as well. My wife throws me her phone and was a pin for her birthday the next morning, a saran wrap around her door with 100 balloons that when she would open the door, they would all cave in. And I turned to my wife, I was like, this is exhausting. And, you know, the other example I use is on the first day of school, uh, everyone's got those perfect 
pictures of their child and says Abigail's first grade, her favorite food is, you know, uh, cheddar <laughs> cheese and crackers. And it's like, it's just, it's an absolutely exhausting life that we all are trying to exude to the world. And so we have this idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. And the reality is that it's not. And so we have got to, especially with the millennials and younger millennials, they spend their whole lives comparing their insides to other people's outsides. And so we have to encourage them that, guess what? There is no perfect world out there. So that's where my 70-30 rule comes in. And my 70-30 rule is that 30% of your job is going to suck. 70% should fuel <laughs> you up, fire you up, get you excited, keep you going to work. But 30% is just going to suck. For me, my 30%, anything within an Excel document is in my 30%, right? Like we all have those things that we don't necessarily have a passion for. But that is the kind of harsh reality, not only of our work, but life. 30% of life is going to be hard. And so, you know, I also keep in tact like this, what I call it, like kind of sitting in your car rule, which is if two days in a row, you're dreading coming into work and it's not associated to your own procrastination or self-development, meaning that you're pushing yourself out of your own comfort zone, then we've got to talk about that. And people will ask me like, Chris, how do you exit people? How do you fire people? I'm like, I usually have a conversation about the sitting in your car rule. And I say, <laughs> are you, are you, you look like you dread work. Are you dreading coming into work? And usually it's like, yeah, I hate, I hate, I don't like my job anymore. Or my passions have evolved. It's like, okay, great. Let's talk about what does fire you up. And I'll introduce you to people outside of these walls that will maybe open those things up to you. So that's, I think, a big thing that we need to be introducing as leaders is just the idea that there is no perfect thing out there. Fire Nation, 30% of your job is going to suck. I mean, let's be real. You're getting paid for a reason, not because you're just getting up and doing everything you want all day, every single day. No, you're paid because you're doing work. You're doing things that maybe other people don't want to do, don't like doing, and 30% of your job is going to suck. The 70% should fill you up, should excite you, should fire you up. And if it's flipped, if 70% of your job sucks and only 30% fires you up, then it's time to start having conversations with people above you and saying, hey, we got to kind of switch some things around here. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be some issues. And I love that whole idea about how, listen, it's so easy to flip open Instagram and all these other apps and seeing that one second of everybody's perfect life. You know, that one picture where the baby's smiling at their birthday party with cake in their mouth, but then, you know, the hour before and the hour after is just pure misery. The baby's just screaming, crying, and everybody's exhausted. But you know, that one second you got it, but then we look at that picture, we're like, oh my God, what a perfect life. Fire Nation compare and despair. You will always despair when you're comparing yourself to anybody except yourself yesterday. You can compare yourself to you yesterday because if you are winning that battle, that comparison, you're winning at life. But the reality is, Fire Nation, the grass is not always greener. That little glimpse of that quote-unquote perfect manicured moment you're seeing is not amazing. Like, you know, I love to, uh, there's this one video or meme that I saw, you know, of like, these beautiful bikini models like on a beach in Tahiti and like they just looked like life was perfect but then like they cut to the before and the after and they were just like oh my god it's so windy the sands I'm getting bitten by sand fleas like let's get out of here like they were totally. miserable totally but they did that one smile and one click I use the example in the book and I also tell everyone on my team I'm like guys I've been there all right I call it my river runs through it moment where <laughs> I was out in Idaho I hired a fishing guide I gave him 600 bucks and I was like, listen, 
I give him 600 bucks on my phone. And I was like, I don't care about catching any fish out here. All I want is I want a shot of the fish in the net. And then I want a video of me, a river runs through in it like Brad Pitt with the mountains in the background, <laughs> the river kind of flowing through and me just doing the back and forth with the rod. That's all I care about. And this guy turns to me, he was like, wait, 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 you're going to pay me 600 bucks for an Instagram post. I was like, no, it's like 300 bucks each. So let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and I used it. It was a low moment for me, you know, and, and I use that as an example to, to everyone on the team. And I think that's also a little bit of like that transparency thing. It's like, guys, I've been there. I get it. You know, I've done it before. I'm not proud. Chris, you believe rightfully so that purpose and passion will win. But for Fire Nation, for the listeners, back up that belief. Yeah. So I think life needs to be a ruthless pursuit of passions. And um, I think we oftentimes in our world get distracted. And I think any entrepreneur, they can attest to what that tastes and feels like, right? I mean, you're essentially creating a path around your passions. And so how do we better create that environment for um for the people that are working for us, that are joining our journeys. And, you know, an, 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 the, the other side of that is that, especially statistically, if you look at this next generation, and then as we look into Gen Z, it's no longer a nice to have in terms of purpose. You've got to be bigger and representative of something that is making a difference in the world in some form or fashion. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to attract talent. And so as you look at, as you develop your companies, what is it that you represent that is bigger than just a bottom line or some sort of profit margin? Um, and so, you know, I go back to our own journey within my agency, 22 Squared. We put a stake in the ground and we announced to everyone that our purpose was together we give rise to change. And with that, we'd give everyone you know, changing the world for the better. And we'd give everyone five days off to donate whatever time they want to the nonprofit of their choice. So practicing what we preach. Once again, there's nothing worse than hypocrisy. If you're going to say that you're going to do something, go ahead and actually follow through with that. And, um, you know, I think that is an example of creating an environment around purpose and then actually following through on it. You know, the other side of the passion side is that Oftentimes, I don't think people are as passionate about their jobs as maybe we want them to be. And I talk about um, supporting everyone's side hustle. If you don't have someone that is super passionate about what they're doing, go ahead and give them 20% of their time back to create their own thing or to, to, to do something that they're truly passionate about. And you look at companies like Google, companies like Facebook, some of the most innovative companies in the world – have structured programs around just this. But if you do not introduce purpose and passion to this next generation, you will not only lose out, but you will not be able to recruit the most talented people or anyone to your company. So I, I try to make that first and foremost for, for, for anyone starting a business or, or building one. Fire Nation, what difference are you making in the world? 
And the reality is that's kind of a harsh question because if you really look in the mirror and ask yourself that question, you're going to come up empty. And I'm not saying every single person hearing these words are going to come up empty, but a lot of people are. I mean, I asked myself this very question eight years ago and I came up empty. And then it really was that Einstein quote, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. That quote had me flip my mindset and say, I haven't been producing any value to this world. I've just been chasing this false sense of success, like whatever that is. I don't even know what that is. I'm just chasing it. But when I flipped it on its head and I said, I'm just going to give value to this world in an area that I'm passionate about, that I believe I have a purpose in, and that's having great conversations with successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and sharing them with you, Fire Nation. And you know, here we are 2,200 episodes later, over 80 million listens, a million listens every single month. Like, That's been my path when I asked myself that question eight years ago. So ask yourself that question and continue to strive towards the answer that you want. Now, Chris, you've dropped a lot of value bombs. Break it down for Fire Nation. What's one thing you want to make sure that we really get from this entire conversation and give us a way that we can find more about you and learn from you more, that call to action, then we'll say goodbye. So uh, the way that I structured the millennial whisper of the book uh, that I wrote, it's uh, I end it with make it happen. And so out of all these things, whether it be purpose or passions or uh, creating more transparency or more rewards and recognition, I think it's important that we look within ourselves and figure out, all right, what are some of the, the pain points that we're experiencing that these changes will help alleviate? We all know what those are. Um, you know, and, and I think once again, it's about taking action. And so how do we actually get tactical about bringing forth, whether it be rewards and recognition or more transparency or more purpose and passion to our people? How do we actually take action? And and one of the things I talk about in the book, I think we live in a world where there's not a lot of accountability and uh, we love to talk about ideas, but then people aren't willing to follow through with the action steps or the the putting the work in. And so I have this thing where it says answer all lets with like answer your lets with buy when. And so we can say, let's bring more purpose and passion or let's bring uh, more transparency or even practice it in your daily life when you're meeting with people and people are saying, let's grab coffee. Immediately answer that with buy when. And this will change your life because it brings instant accountability. And in that situation where someone says, yeah, let's grab coffee. And you say, by when they're taken aback and they're like, uh, 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 they either didn't want to have coffee with you in the first place, or you're going to quickly realize that you're sitting at coffee and it actually happened. And so I would put on to you listeners of Fire Nation, where is it that you need to turn your let's? into a buy when. And I think we know what those things are. Um, and I think that the best is yet to come. Fire Nation, that's why when it comes to goals, they have to be smart, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. That last part is so key. You have to have time boundness. And Chris, where would you like Fire Nation to go to maybe pick up the Millennial Whisperer or other things you have going on? Uh, the good news is we're in all the airports and uh, almost Whoa. every single bookseller. So if you just either go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, that you can pick it up. Uh, the Millennial Whisper is the name of the book. And if you go to themillennialwhisper.com and after writing a book on millennials, it's hard to spell millennial. It's two L's <laughs> and two N's. So if you go to themillennialwhisper.com forward slash fire nation, 
we've got a free downloadable first chapter of the book as well as a free millennial leadership assessment where you can actually take an assessment and figure out where do you rank on some of these new uh, characteristics that this next generation is prioritizing. You should take a page out of my book because entrepreneur is so hard to spell. So instead of entrepreneuronfire.com, it's just eofire.com. So maybe the mwhisperer.com is available. Then you can just forward it to the millennial whisperer. Where were you four months ago? I I know. (laughs) I love it. Well, Fire Nation, you're the average. Of the five people you spend the most time with, you've been hanging out with CT and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Chris in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz. And Chris, thank you, brother, for sharing your truth with Fire Nation today. And Fire Nation, the millennialwhisperer.com is where you can learn more about Chris and all that jazz. And so Chris, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Chris. And if you had your big idea, you would be prepared to ignite Fire Nation. So just go through my free training. That's right, free. And in less than one hour, you will have your big idea. Visit yourbigidea.io and I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Getting your sales copy and funnels just right can be difficult, but with ClickFunnels' new One Funnel Away Challenge, you can have everything up, running, and optimized in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel. Successful entrepreneurs take advantage of tools that do things more efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, the tool to use is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.